Oh, I'm just going to start this by picking my nose. Good morning, everybody. What's up? Welcome to Kick Assery. My name is Dale Maxwell, and I have with me Kirk Chester. Uh, Kirk and I go way freaking back, uh, back to our younger years in Team uh, 4-H, went to Team Conference, went on a couple national trips together. Um, the cool thing, the thing that I, I have to be honest with everyone, I, I have to be really honest, is that I've been super envious of this dude for a very long time because he really went out and he knew what he wanted. He knew what he wanted to do. And he went out and freaking pursued it to the top degree. And he's been he's been rocking it out. He's been failing forward. He's been living an amazing life. He's got an amazing family. So with all that said, Kirk, who are you? Where do you come from? And what are you doing now? Uh, I'm Kirk. <laughs> Uh, as Dale said, uh, you and I met, I think, when we were eight or nine. Something like that, yeah. Um, in 4-H, uh, both in rural Idaho. Dale was in Salmon. I was in Chalice. But uh, became fast friends, uh, became fast snowboarding friends. In fact, one of my fondest memories is Dale and I at Lost Trail going over a cliff together. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that one. Yeah, that was uh, – was that the one I ended up upside down hanging in the chute? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. the one where you told me you'd never follow me again. Yeah. <laughs> um, from there, graduated high school, obviously went through the national conferences and the 4-H process with Dale. I uh, really enjoyed and loved that part of my life. Um, went to Westminster College in Salt Lake City, pursued a career in snowboarding with a business management and finance degree. I <laughs> uh, realized that snowboarding doesn't pay any bills and... About my senior year, I decided I wanted to be in the financial services world and pursued that right out of college and hated it, to be honest. Um, got out of that and went back into the ski industry, managing a ski shop for a couple of years, and then got back in the insurance industry on the property and casualty side. I started a farmer's agency from scratch, uh, ran it until 2011, sold the agency in 2011, and went to an independent agency model. And now I manage a brokerage with 10 folks. Uh, we're growing at a pace of about 100% a year right now. So pretty exciting about that. Man. Um, it's gripping. Like you said, we're, uh, we're growing as fast as we possibly can. Uh, married my wife, who I met through a referral, oddly enough, in BNI. So anybody that says BNI doesn't work, I'm a standing example that can create children. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's new. I love it. So two kids, a nine-year-old beautiful daughter and a six-year-old boy. My daughter is the daredevil like me. My son is more timid like my wife. Um, right now I'm sitting in a parking lot at the Department of Natural Resources in Salt Lake City. Uh, I got an Avalanche One motorized class together because I spend a significant amount of time in the backcountry and uh, always wanting to get better and learn and, and be safe so I can come home with my family. So um, I don't know what else you want to know about me. Well, other than your shoe size and lotto numbers, I think that pretty much covers it. Um, size is 11. They don't sell tickets in Utah. Oh, well, there you go. Well, that's that's <laughs> not going there, not saying a word. So here's the thing, man, is one of the things – I come from small-town Idaho. You come from smaller-town Idaho. 
And you yes, want to, you know, folks, folks out here in the East or the Midwest don't understand how rural we really are out there. They, they don't understand how far apart things are and how financially stagnant those communities are. And right. I can, I can honestly say out of my close friends, you have career-wise, financially-wise, succeeded probably as good as or better than anyone else coming from Chalice or, or Salmon or any of those communities. And that's a huge, dude, that's a huge feather in your hat, man. That, but here's the thing. You've worked your freaking tail off to get there, though, too. Yep. And you've had some... More successful than anybody, but, it, you know, like you said, fail forward. Right. Absolutely. And, and not getting into dirty laundry, you've had some pretty big fail forwards. And the thing that I love about you and I'm so proud of you for, and, and, and I respect you so much for is a lot of people when they fall as flat on their faces as you and I have in several aspects of our life, they just lay there, you know, yeah. they just lay there, they're done. You have not, you're like, screw you. Now watch me go. And that's, that's super exciting, man. Uh, it's been an interesting process. I'll, I'll admit that. I mean, I don't care about airing my dirty laundry. You know, I lost a home deed in lieu of foreclosure, bought a bad investment property. I've had um, business partners that were less than desirable. Um, multiple litigations through the process. But, you know, at the end of the day, you become a better person, learn from it, grow, uh, learn who your trusted partnerships can be. Uh, learn to trust yourself and be confident in who you are. Um, as, as I don't know if many people talk about it, but to become an expert in anything, uh, it takes about 10,000 hours of focused effort. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I started in the insurance business in 2004 uh, on the property and casualty side. And the reality is, is I learned how to be an agent first and sell insurance as a producer. Uh, and I've spent a significant amount of time now crafting the process of becoming a business owner, which is a different skill set. So when you start looking at that, your 10 years of hard work, knowing how to produce and develop relationships on the sales side of things, and then developing the processes to become, to have relationships with business owners and markets and teach producers and coach and develop um, and those kinds of things. Uh, one of the things that you mentioned that's kind of interesting is when you talk about um, how rural we are, um, people always ask me, well, where the hell is Chalice? You know, uh, and right. the running joke I've always said is, well, you drive into Idaho and it's about 35 miles past the end of the world. Yep. Um, 1.3 people per square mile. So if that gives you an idea, I think Custer County is one of the largest counties in Idaho. Right. Um, Next to Lemhi. Yep. And the population density is, you know, there's one person per square mile, roughly. I mean, it's just, yep. I think it's declining, you know, where most people talk about the economy as being good. It's an agricultural and mining community. Um, there is a little bit of tourism up in Stanley area from the river systems, but, uh, you know, they there's shut no a mine down last year. Well, they shut the mine down. They lost money and shut the mine down. So, um, when you talk about that process, it uh, it's a pretty diverse community in a sense, but um, I really admire the people that live there. They have a lot of grit and determination, and most of them make the decision to live in those communities because of the lifestyle, not because of the job opportunities. Yep. 
Yep. So quality of people that live there are significantly better in some ways, uh, in my opinion, and in, in their work ethic and their ability to scramble and um, endure hardship more than most, in my opinion. But yeah, that could be my opinion. So yeah. Well, and <laughs> the, the thing I always use is, you know, I'm I'm from Salmon, Idaho. It's not quite the end of the world, but you can see it from there. And right. <laughs> you know, and you and I had a great conversation the other night, man. And I appreciate you taking time for me too, because you're so crazy busy. You know, we had a great conversation, and and it, it was a start of a con- continuing dialogue on money and yeah. our misper missing. Our, our messed up mentality of money and um, you know, you and I grew up in a very similar communities, even though we live what almost 80 miles apart. But yeah. with that said, you know, where we grew up, people who had money were almost looked down upon instead of, yeah, they're almost evil. Uh, yeah. You know, it was a, uh, you know, money is evil was a very common theme, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I still see that in some sense, but I think there's a lot of people and it, it, and maybe it's my filter. I just don't allow it in my life anymore. Right. So, uh, right. And for me, I'm working through that. And that's, that's one of my challenges that I'm really, I'm really focused on right now is, is to, to maybe build that filter that you've created or, uh, for me specifically, just letting go a lot of, of falsehoods and, and, a lot of uh, the conditioning that I've had for, you know, 30 some odd years now. Um, But that's, that's what dude, I just, I I can brag on you all freaking day because you have, you have overcome so many things and you have succeeded where so many of us have not. Now I'm not saying you're perfect. I'm not saying that you've got it all figured out because this is a lifelong journey, but as a young, as a young dude, and I'm not talking about now, I'm talking even back in the day, as a young dude, you had some shit figured out that the rest of us were just like, huh? Well, I, I, apparently I was faking it really well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, cause, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, cause I remember back in the day when we were in Primerica together and yeah. You know, I started up in, uh, I started with you, you, you hooked me and said, dude, you're doing this. No, you don't have a choice. I drove all the way to freaking Salt Lake city to come down there. Um, you took me out to dinner. We did our thing. I signed up and then you even helped me find actually Vicky who is on with me next week to go through that. And that was my first self-employed that was you know uh, that was one of my goals is to own a business by the time i was 21 years old and you helped me do that you know it was network marketing direct sales but it was still a business i i was still responsible you yeah you got me on that road you started me on that and you saw that i had a want I, i had a desire what else you saw i have no freaking clue at that time but you're like no dude this is an opportunity. This is something you can get your feet wet. And, and it was, I'm telling you, man, I learned a ton through that process. So thank you. I learned that I didn't want to be in network marketing from that process too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, well, and that's part of it, man, is is learning what you don't want to do. And and I feel that a lot of younger people, especially our generation and newer, I, I feel a lot of us were and are pressured to know what you are going to do for the rest of your life coming out of high school. And that's not the market anymore. We've got to figure out what the hell we don't want to do half the time, more importantly than what we do want to do. I think, um, you know, it's been an interesting process for me to go through. Uh, the one thing that I can say that is an enduring trait that has kind of gotten me through a lot of things is grit. Uh, know that you know the name of my new agency is Grit, but yeah. boils back down to what Grit is and what it takes to do that. You know, you you need to go get that job. That's frankly, it's a shitty job. Yeah. Uh, when I was in college, my dad had me working as a apprentice plumber. Literally, I was working a shitty job. Yep. Um, and I went through three years of apprenticeship while going to college and worked summers getting my hours. Uh, and I remember the last summer I worked was called on a drain cleaning call. This is kind of a gross story, but we're going to share it anyway, because it's my feed. <laughs> Do it. So it was a friend of my dad's. Uh, it was an apartment building, and a lady had a plugged toilet, and she'd been plugged for a couple of days. Let's call it that. So I arrived to see it crowning over the top of the bowl. And I remember strapping on and duct taping gloves at about my bicep level to try to not get it on me. Um, and I cleaned the drain uh, while gagging. <laughs> Let's just yep. admit. Uh, finished the job, went home, and uh, the conversation I had with my dad was, I will finish the summer, but I will never plumb again. There you go. Uh, finding moment in my life that, I do not ever want the fallback to be a plumber. I'm never going to be a plumber. This is not my career choice. And it took a lot of courage for my dad to respect that decision. Um, I have really great parents. I'm not going to lie. They push me hard. Um, they're people I still look up to today. Um, my dad should be retired by every means. They have all the means to retire. And the damn guy works more hours than I do. Yep. Um, I think he started working when he was nine or 10. Uh, he grew up in a, a family where at one point his entire family, mom and five kids lived in a two car garage, literally in the garage. Yep. So to see um, their work ethic and their efforts from my parents, both of them, my grandparents were ranchers, our cattle ranchers. Um, you know, the day doesn't stop at five and it doesn't start at eight. Right. Um, it starts when the work starts and it ends when you finish. Yep. Um, I remember uh, distinctly during calving season when we're up working from times like you would get up at 2 a.m. and work all day, eat lunch, lay down and take an hour nap and work till 8, 9, 10, 12, 1 a.m., whatever it took. Yeah. Uh, and you slept and had time. Um, but it, that it was instilled in me at an early age of work ethic uh, and the ability that, you know, the only way that you're going to succeed is to work smart and hard. Right. And focused. So, but having that grit to go through the, the process, like you say, having that terrible job or the job, hey, uh, do it the very best you can. Right. And, and take everything that you can learn from that and move on to the job you want. Right. Uh, it will define you as a person and it defines you as an opportunity to get back. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah, man. I, I, I had, uh, I had some shitty jobs, no pun intended as well. Um, you know, I was, was literally, yeah, mine was literally. (laughs) Yeah. Um, we had, uh, I was one of the oldest kids up in, up in North Fork. And so if anybody needed, uh, you know, labor, they called me and literally I had to, I, I chose to help dig out a neighbor's septic tank. They didn't know where the tank was, but when you walked into their backyard, there was this giant mound, like swell in their back backyard. And somewhere in that swell was a septic tank that was completely backed up. And I hand dug out the top of that septic tank and went and it was a ply board. They didn't have a concrete cap on it. It was just plywood. And so when I hit the plywood, it just went it was there's that much pressure and it got on everything and I had to dig that out. I didn't keep those clothes. Those clothes went in the burn barrel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there was a lick of clothes I kept on. I I, I stripped off outside. Mom wouldn't even let me in the house with a lick of clothes on. <laughs> yep, I, I can relate to that one. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, man. I talk to a lot of young kids high school, young college kids, whether I'm with through 4-H or I'm out Ubering and I'm talking to young kids and, you know, they're just like, God, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, go get a job. Go, go figure something out. Well, what if I don't like it? Then you'll know you don't like it, but you don't know if you'll like it either. You know, go, go get a job. Yeah. Go, go clean some toilets, go flip some burgers, go dig a ditch, go, go wash cars, go, go do something. And in the process, you're going you're gonna to get work experience. You're going to learn what you like and what you don't like. You're going to learn what bosses you can get along with and you can't get along with. I mean, that's the whole process. And um, it's so funny. It, it's, and, and maybe I'm off on this, Kirk, but it seems like there's not a lot of adults talking to our kids about that. Because... I'll be talking to these, you know, college kids that I'm Ubering around and they're like, I never thought about that. Really? Well, that, I think that boils back down to where you and I are raised, Dale, is uh, if you want something uh, in my house where I grew up, if you want something, go get, get off your ass, get a job and go pay for it. Yep. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not giving you anything. Correct. Uh, I remember... And I was in trouble. Let's just be honest. You get um, in trouble? <laughs> never happens. Um, I remember my dad gave me a speech one time, and it, was, it went down like this. It says, I have, the, I have the obligation to give you three things in life, three only. I have to provide you a place to sleep. I have to provide you food to, to eat. And I have to provide you the opportunity to breathe. Yep. Everything else is optional. Yep. Um, that one stuck with me because I was a little scared what I was going to be sleeping on. <laughs> Do you know my parents? And, yep. Uh, not, yep. They're not people, but they are certainly um, foundation yeah. people. You know, they're going to build this firm foundation and, and have a firm work ethic. Um, the other thing that, my, that I remember very distinctly having a conversation about when I started a career is to find something that where someone cannot take my job readily. I can't be placed off the street. Uh, and my dad said, you know, I, I'm a plumbing and heating contractor. I have a master plumber's license. You cannot do the work I do without five years of solid experience, 
a license, and the state requires you to have that before you can take my job. So the go. amount of people who come in and can replace me is about 1% of the population. Versus if I'm working at Mickey D's flipping burgers, I mean, it might be a cool job in some sense, but I can be replaced tomorrow right. for less money. Yep. And so I took that to heart in a lot of ways, and that's why I got into financial services initially and then in insurance, because I have a license that you can't take my job. Um, in fact, I feel like in the industry that I'm in, there's a barrier to entry from the carrier aspect. Um, you can't get my job. Even if you had the, the desire and the license, you don't have the relationships with the carriers and the ability to access those markets that we do. And so for me as a business model, I've created an opportunity in my eyes that I want to help those people get that access. You know, obviously we're going to take a small piece of that, but proportionally as we grow, the piece that we take is less than you'd have to pay if you're out on your own. And so wow. it creates a win-win for everybody. And man, we are growing and super excited about the process. But again, kicks grit, man. I was up at three o'clock this morning doing the paperwork I had to do so I could take the day off to learn. So, yeah. So uh, with that right there, and, and we have a short period of time here because you got to get on with your day and, and I'm keeping track of time down here is, you know, there's a lot of people our age, younger than us, even older than us that are, are pushing their boundaries that are going outside of the comfort zone that are really trying to shine their light uh, to others around them. What do you suggest? What are your, some of your, your points that you could, you could give somebody that maybe he's wishwashy or, or they don't have the confidence or they just don't know what the hell they're going to do. You know, I listen to podcasts on a pretty regular basis and books on tape. This morning, I was listening to Hal Enrod's book, uh, Miracle Morning. I don't know if anybody's listened to that. It's a, it's probably one of the best foundational books to start with. Um, he goes through the process about the percentage of people that will end their life in a successful opportunity. 5% will be able to retire in a comfortable situation where they're not going to be relied on somebody else. 95% will not. Wow. Some will be dead. Let's just be honest. There's the statistics of life. Um, and so if you want to have to be 5% is the question that I have to ask. Mm -hmm. uh, are you willing to make the sacrifice, do the effort, work the process, be better? Um, you know, I, I own an insurance company. Um, it doesn't matter what company I kind of own in that sense, but the question I have to ask myself is, would I follow me? Right. Uh, and if you ask that question when you're trying to hire and lead employees and team members, and I have, frankly, independent contractors that I work with, they don't have any requirement to work with me. They right. signed a contract that gives them access, but they can do whatever the hell they want. And so how do I lead an organization like that if I don't have the ability to want to follow myself? Right. And so when I ask that question every day to myself, would I follow me? I need to figure out if it's a no, how to make it a yes. Amen. And frankly, that can be a really, really hard conversation with yourself. Um, something that if you read the Miracle Morning, he talks about a process called SAVERS, S-A-V-E-R-S. -E it's an acronym. And it discusses the six most critical things that can improve your ability to be better every day. Uh, and he does them in the morning. So you start your day this way. But SAVERS stands for uh, silence, like meditation. 
So meditation, the, the power of meditation, you voodoo, whatever you want to call it, there's some, some stuff in there that helps you. And I still don't get it, and I'm terrible at it. There's no question about it. But it helps you be better and center yourself. And, and oftentimes during meditation, you can have answers that you've been trying to find a problem to. Right. Uh, is affirmations. Um, I don't, you can answer this question for me is how many times do you catch yourself beating up on yourself negatively? Right. You know, you're, you're giving negative self-talk or I can't do this or this is shitty or, you know, like there's always that conversation. Well, when are you programming your mind to speak positively about yourself? Right. And so writing down affirmations and saying them daily is a big deal. Uh, visualization. Uh, this has to do with goals, in my opinion. You know, if you don't have anything to measure, how you know where you're going? And so writing, creating a vision board and a goal board about where you want to be and measuring those processes is a big freaking deal. Uh, right. I can tell you last year, I set some major goals. Um, I achieved all but one. Nice. 90%, and my business grew 100% because of it. Nice. Now, I can't tell you I've done that every year. There's years I haven't set any goals and I was terrible, but I can tell you right now that that helps. The E in savers, I'm at S-A-V-E, E is exercise. Uh, 20 minutes a day is all it takes, really. You can stop eating garbage like I did this morning because <laughs> nobody's perfect, but get some yeah. exercise. Uh, R stands for reading. Uh, how are you going to improve yourself? And it, it, you don't need to be reading a book a day. It can be five to 10 pages. Just right. commit to reading. If you think about this, if you read 10 pages a day, 300 days a year, you've read 3,000 pages. That's 10 self-improvement books a year. Yep. It's about five minutes to read 10 pages. Yep. In two years, you have a postgraduate degree in education. Right. <clears throat> or a full semester, I should say, not a full degree. But if you think about it, if you're doing that consistently over time, what does that do for you? Exactly. Um, somebody introduced the concept. And, I'll, and the last one is scribing or journaling. You know, I'm not good at it. I'm actively working to become better at it. Uh, if you read your journal from a year ago, it's really amazing that so you can take a thermometer of where you're at and where you're going to be. Um, I have a business coach. That's probably the other thing that, I, that most people don't think about. Uh, you play sports, you have a coach. Any kind of sports activity, you have a coach. Well, why don't you have a coach for your life? Right. Um, or an aspect of your life that you're trying to improve specifically. I also don't believe in balance. I'll tell you that right now. Um, I believe in the pendulum swing. So I'm going to become very out of balance over here for a while. Then I'm going to swing back and become out of balance over here for a while. And then I'm going to swing over here and become out of balance. But I can't live a balanced life and be focused, hyperactively focused on improving one area of my life. It just, for me, it doesn't work. Right. But, um, yeah. And then, you know, grit, you know, that's kind of a resounding term for me. Uh, the definition I use for grit is the ability to continue forward in difficult, uncomfortable circumstances while maintaining a positive attitude for months, years, or decades while focused on a goal. Awesome. Um, if you've ever listened to or have an opportunity, listen to the podcast by Angela Duckworth. Uh, if you want to read her book, it's called grit. It's a study about the dropout rate at, a couple of the military schools and how they can measure that. It's the grit scale is what they developed. So pretty awesome. 
And then for me as a business owner, the grit stands for generosity, respect, innovation, and trust. If we can't have those four characters in our life, I don't want them in my life. There you go. So uh, those are kind of the aspects that I look at. Um, yeah, move forward. Dude, or fail for Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's been like the the motto of my life is just failing forward. And, and I'm okay with it. It's bothered me from time to time over the years, but it's it's my business school you know and uh but our time's up man i gotta let you go i i promised you i was going to keep us to a certain amount of time and i want to hold that promise kirk thank you so much man you're such an insanely busy guy you're you're kicking some ass i really appreciate this i'd love to have a follow-up conversation down the road uh you know fit us into your schedule any way we can but for everyone else Guys, I, I really appreciate this. Um, Kick Astri is is turning into something that's that's super exciting. I, I still don't know what's going to be when it's all grown up, but we're just going to keep moving down this. It's it, I talked about this yesterday, really shortly. Is I put out the the call to everyone first of the year, and I have to readjust my schedule because I'm being inundated with chats now, and it is amazing. It is next week. I kind of messed up. And I'm, I'm like having two chats a day, several days next week, because I didn't adjust my schedule the way I should have. So, but guys, thank you so much, Kirk. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Go have an awesome day and everybody keep smiling because somebody needs it. Talk to you guys soon. Go on, take care, team. All right, man.